Hi, everybody, and welcome again to Things I Learned in Therapy, also known as Tilt. Um, for those of you who like to talk fast and short, um, we're coming back at you with uh, an episode on boundaries and power dynamics. Um, me, Chloe, and Bree, hi, uh, again known as Klee or Blowy, depending on the day, mm-hmm. um, are here again to talk about our feelings. Um, if you need a refresher, you can head on back to our first, our premiere episode, mm-hmm. which should be available on your screens at this very moment. Um, in there, we have a nice sampling of our themes and discussions and a little bit of an intro to ourselves. But for right now, we're going to, I think we're going to get into it. Is there anything you feel like you need to add, Brie? Are we good to go? Um, I'll insert my tagline here. We're just two freaky femmes with feels. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Discussing. Yeah. I have to go back and look at what our bio is on Facebook. I think it's like two Brooklyn queers talk about life, love, and something else emotional for their emotional stability and your mm-hmm. listening pleasure. Yeah. Which is the longer way of saying it. Mm-hmm. Um... Um, not as much alliteration yeah i'm a fan of alliteration um i'm a soft and sad little buttercup Mm -hmm. chloe is your dream goth gf right i'm dark and spooky on the outside and like soft and squishy on the inside Mm -hmm. delicious like that delicious sweet sugary but Oh, we both love cats. We do. We're probably going to talk about that a lot on yeah. here also. Um, so that's just a little bit about us. Yeah. So you know who you're talking to, who right. you're listening to. Yeah, I think we're represented well by our each of our um, taglines yes. are, are symbolic <laughs> of who we are as people. Um, so I think we can get into it right now. Um, we have some really good content to start with that we found somewhere deep in the internet um Mm -hmm. a very useful resource that we'll be posting along with this episode if you want to hit up our facebook page at the same uh, name as we broadcast as um so we're gonna start reading from a Mm -hmm. list of signs of unhealthy boundaries and we're going to tell you a little bit about this list to kick us off yes so as a reminder as a disclaimer we are not professionals Mm -hmm. um we are people working through our feelings through a podcast and want to share this um, experience with others um, to hopefully add to a important and existing conversation and both Chloe and I have deal have struggled with um, unhealthy boundaries in our um, relationships with others mm-hmm. and we thought a good way to work through this would be to research and just kind of talk through um yeah, different things we have struggled with and how we are learning to cope. Mm-hmm. This is also, this is somewhat of a similar theme as some of our previous content that we rebroadcast, which is questions to ask yourself, which is basically my self-invented list of mm-hmm. um, like relationship issues, including a lot of stuff about boundaries. So this is just like kind of an official, this comes from some legitimate source that I was just mm-hmm. trying to figure out, but I don't know on the air right now. Um, I'm sure we'll credit it when we post, but um, yes, of course. I uh, this is this is coming from a higher source than us, but it's reflective of a lot of experiences that we've had. I saw my, you know, when you see a meme and you're like, "Ooh, 
that's that's me right there mm-hmm. it's like that but it's like clinical a me meme yeah a meme a meme if you will so here are some signs of unhealthy boundaries coming from this useful list um telling all talking at an intimate level on the first meeting falling in love with a new acquaintance Mm-hmm. Um, falling in love with anyone who reaches out, being overwhelmed by a person or preoccupied with them, acting on first sexual impulse. I think that's a good place to start mm-hmm. um, commenting. These They're like kind of in sections. I think this is one, these all follow a theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think all of these things in this particular category are things that Brie and I have done a lot in mm-hmm. our lives. Sure um, I am a like immediate infatuation. Like if, if I, I, my pattern tends to be if I'm going to be interested in somebody or I used to think this was the case, but generally if I'm going to be interested in somebody, it's all at once right at the beginning. Like my before my current relationship, my last long term relationship was with somebody who told me that they love me on our second date. And I was like, great security. Dunzo. We're here. We're in it. Um, And locking it down. Yeah. And something that I've found in retrospect, something that I've reflected on is how much all, all of these categories are basically my method of like creating a feeling of like safety and security in the relationship like using that kind of manufactured immediate intimacy as like just a just a way to lock it down um right away without actually like developing a long-term relationship because it feels too risky to just like start investing in somebody over time and like wait to see what develops and like not do everything all at the beginning so you can get it out of the way and then just like be done from there you know Mm -hmm. trying to um establish something without finding out what it really is that you um might want or need and this person might want or need from you yeah yeah it's i tended to not like actually investigate if the person was good for me before I just like if if we had an emotional connection if I felt like there was something there I didn't spend the time to figure out things about that person or like to explore whether that would be a healthy relationship I was just like oh we're into each other we're just that means this is like a thing now we're just doing this from here on out love forever forever Mm -hmm. um which like my previous partner was very big on like the idea that you could know things that early on and that like you I mean he spoke of things as if like we would now that we had found each other like we would be in each other's lives for as long as possible Mm -hmm. and like that wasn't actually reflective of like you know logistically what happened in our relationship or like even the consistency of his feelings following that um but it was something that he told me at the beginning and that was very attractive to me and I like took him at his word I was like we've generated intimacy right away so like 
I should just, I'm going to hold on to that because in reality there was no secure, like I could, there's no way to just like guarantee that somebody that you get invested in is going to stick around. But I want like all of these very clear signs that that might be the case. Mm -hmm. Um, Which maybe could be um, good as a progressing thing, but as a all at once throwing in the towel and establishing something. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's not a good idea. Yeah. As a general rule. Um, Anything else you want to add or do we want to keep reading the list? Let's keep reading. Okay. Um, So the next things on our list of unhealthy boundaries are being sexual for a partner and not yourself. Um, Going against personal values or rights to please others. Not noticing when someone else displays inappropriate boundaries. See everything we listed at the beginning of this list. Um, Accepting food, gifts, touch, or sex that you don't want. Touching a person without asking. And taking as much as you can get for the sake of getting. Um, I'm actually going to keep going um, because I think the next categories, like the next few are relevant to this category. Um, which would be giving as much as you can um, for the sake of giving, allowing someone to take as much as they can from you, and letting others direct your life. Um, Oh boy, I have things to say about this. hmm. Although I guess perhaps some of it is a repeat of what you said, which is um, I have noticed a pattern in myself of um, letting, if, if I'm in a romantic setting with someone, Um, or situation let it the letting others direct my life thing comes up like in a covert way like I'm wanting to um, please the other person and make them feel good um, and not considering and um, stepping back and thinking is this what I want Mm -hmm. like and then starting to feel like a sense of discontent Um, And, like, not understanding that because it seems like I should be happy if I'm making them happy. Mm -hmm. Like, I have such a strong impulse to, like, some of these are saying, giving as much as I can give for the sake of giving um, or allowing someone to take as much as they can from you because I feel um, semi-consciously but more so subconsciously, I guess, before I step back that um, that's my role and not actually considering if that's what is best for me as an individual Mm -hmm. like forgetting that I have my own needs I need to take care of myself and not just this other person that's in my life yeah I mean something that we talk about um in our personal conversations is how much I um is how much I basically don't want to be alone with myself and like have been i have previously seek what is the past tense of sought sought yeah i was like seeked (laughs) seeked okay sought i've Mm -hmm. sought out relationships that um where there was a lot of the other person in the relationship and i basically um as much as i have some like I have in some ways I have a strong personality but I basically was 
I sought out relationships where I almost said seeked again. Um, <laughs> I sought out relationships where the person that I was with um, was confident, was assertive, was making decisions uh, on our behalf, and there wasn't as much of me in the relationship. And now that I'm in a relationship that, um, you know, encourages me and allows me to make a lot of the decisions, um, like all of the decisions for me for the most part and like an equal if not greater amount of the decisions for the both of us it was very uncomfortable initially and sometimes still is um to not have somebody else um like just kind of deciding things for us and directing what was happening um and I think there's kind of two components to this category because one is like being the person who's offering yourself up and like the one that we're not as personally familiar with is just like taking a lot from somebody um, and like not really putting a stop to like like toxic behavior um, that like you're you might be perpetrating like it, you know mm -hmm. these things go hand in hand because one, like one person has to be willing or like have a tendency to be giving a lot of themselves and to be stepping back and not making decisions and not asserting themselves and their needs and one person has to be confident and assertive like sh at least uh active about pursuing their needs um and not have those boundaries either so they like they go hand in hand um and i think people who the, who are like the opposite sides of that spectrum tend to gravitate towards each other mm -hmm. um but i think we covered a lot of the taking mm -hmm. portion of this equation in our sticky boy mm -hmm. uh discussion uh but also like the you know the partner of the sticky boy is mm -hmm. like carries a lot of these components the the, the giving components mm -hmm. i think it's important to um recognize those um patterns of behavior and be willing to both check yourself and check the other person mm -hmm. um like if you notice that you're the more submissive one um or you know in these in these situations, the more um, giving or, um, I don't know, how would you describe that? The person who is less advocating for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I guess the shorthand would be like the giver and the taker, I guess. Yeah, I guess like I've asked, when I've noticed these patterns of behavior in myself, I've asked the other person to like, like help me check myself mm -hmm. and like check their selves more. Because I'm like inherently less likely to be like, oh, let me step back and like make sure that I'm not being taken from too much. Like, I think it makes sense to like alert each other to these feelings and try to like remember to keep yourselves in check and to be aware of like your own behavior as well as um, the other person's. Because, mm -hmm. of course, like, makes sense to like try to use these um tools to like recognize what's going on for yourself but if the other person or people like aren't in on your um like self-advocating idea like sometimes it's easy to like slip into the bad habits again mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah
the, I mean, a lot of this takes consistent work. Mm -hmm. um, like getting out of these patterns on either side is something that you have to really be consistently checking in about. Um, I mean, I, you know, I've been in a much healthier relationship for almost a year now and I still, all the time, I still, I, I still try to defer to my partner um, instead of making decisions for myself. And so only being in a, like, only at the point that I was in a relationship where the partner that I had was even more indecisive and unassertive than I was, did I start, like, just having to make decisions um, because we were existing in a power vacuum. But, like, that's how <laughs> extreme it had to be yeah. for me to start stepping forward. And I still try to defer. And my partner knows well enough now to just be like, I can't make that decision for you. You just have to. What do you want? And I'm like, oh, can you just tell me what to do? <laughs> Um, and they don't. Yeah, I feel like during this time, I've like seen you learn to trust yourself more, mm -hmm. and that's been a huge, like it played a huge role, I think, in like you advocating for yourself more. Mm -hmm. Like it's a journey, and you can't just like immediately be like, oh, this is an issue. Like I should probably like trust myself and advocate for myself in this situation. Yeah, it's a continuous effort, mm -hmm. but you can like work on that over time yeah i mean these were all things that like i saw and i was mm -hmm. like oh like without i did i these aren't things that i was necessarily uh consciously aware of but like looking at the list i was like oh shit like even after doing a lot of work i was still like oh shit yeah these are patterns <laughs> that i'm familiar with yeah they resonate and some of the things that you even just said are in like the next list of um signs of unhealthy boundaries yeah i think all of these are very linked so i think we can go on to the next um few signs yes so letting others describe your reality um letting others define you very relevant to what we just talked about believing others can anticipate your needs i.e make a decision chloe um <laughs> expecting others to fill your needs automatically Feeling falling apart so someone can take care of you or will take care of you. Being a, quote, rock, unquote, in order to take care of someone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think I think those first ones we pretty much covered. Um, they're really consistent with letting others direct your life. Um, but um, I think needs um, and care are, like, somewhat of their own category and my my experience with this dynamic is um i think like a lot of people have a tendency to do the thing where like there's a miscommunication and you expect your partner to like know you well enough by now that they'll just like be able to figure it out that's pretty like across the board that's something that happens to everybody is like to not see when your thought process isn't obvious to the other person because it's so obvious to you. Um, but something that I think is particular um, to a certain kind of, like a certain person or like my my style of approaching things or my tendency um, that not everybody experiences is uh, falling apart so somebody will take care of you 
like basically my I've learned through therapy that my family dynamic kind of taught me that um that you get attention particularly or only when you're having like a mental or physical crisis and like for a lot of reasons um mostly having to do with how much attention my younger sister needed um we both have a lot of mental health issues and some physical health issues but hers were like more external at that point than mine were in when we were growing up um so the time at which I would get attention from my mom is like if I was really having a crisis but like if I you know if I was like sick the attention was on me or if I was like having a breakdown then the attention would divert to me so I basically learned a pattern where like um I dated I date people who are also stoic but it runs deeper than my stoicism does and then I keep it together and fall apart periodically and like they stay the rock and I break down and I get the attention and that's when I feel really intimate like, like I recently said that my love language is like like illness um or something I don't remember very well but yeah basically my love language is like breakdown like physical or mental breakdowns um so or like allowing proximity to them yeah because um, you've uh, you've told me before that you only let like a couple very close people see you completely right like devastated yeah when you're having a very bad time yeah I think this links back to the beginning when we were talking about like d- like telling everything mm-hmm. I like how ha- I choose like basically one person who's my receptacle for everything that I ever experience and I back up on them with my dump truck of thoughts and feelings and I just dump it all on them because I need them to be around to like manage my emotions like know everything that's happening with me be my receptacle for my decisions like I need that person to be my like proxy Chloe so it can, I can only manage it being one person because I don't spread it out. I need one person because I need to be able to go to that person and them to know everything all the time. I don't want to explain it. I need them to like know all about me because they are being me for me when I can't be me. I, um, I was going to share an anecdote that I had to do prep for a colonoscopy recently. Yeah. And um, I like that was when it was particularly clear to me that sickness is my love language because like that was when I felt comfortable like getting attention from Brie like asking for stuff and like really just not feeling guilty about being like can you come over like let's sit down and watch this thing let's do it at my pace and like getting that care and attention and then like the next day my partner um like I had to take awful medicine it was supposed to make me poop a lot, but it also makes you really nauseous because you can't eat anything. So you have nothing in your stomach. So everything is miserable. It was terrible. I don't recommend a colonoscopy, especially at 22. Um, don't avoid like preventative care because it's gross. But usually you don't have to do it that early. Um, so I was like in the bathroom. I was trying to shit my brains out. I had all of this awful medicine in me and I projectile vomited like with such force into my sink that it like 
curved the bowl and flooded my bathroom basically i'm not it streamed it streamed down like the fucking like this the sink counter like just it was really it was like on the floor it was like in crevices um it was just like clear liquid because that was all that was in my stomach but it was just i like i was miserable and i pat was in like five feet away in my bedroom and i called them on the phone because i was on the toilet and i had just just like (laughs) erupted and they came in and as soon as they walked in the door i started just like crying profusely and so like they tried they're like a foot taller than i am and they had to bend down to the toilet to try to like hold me while i was crying on the toilet like i didn't even wipe my ass yet i was just there there was like vomit there was like bile dripping from my sink and they like helped me clean up and i was like we're gonna date forever this is like how i know um like people just like like containing my like mess of like when i when i'm a i become a mess a puddle at least says i'm a puddle on the floor um yeah emotionally or physically i was just thinking of the um the shitting and barfing right no but it it also pertains to emotionally um when i become a volcano of feelings or of bodily fluids um i like when i feel loved most is like when somebody just like scoops all that me up and is like i'm just you don't have anything you need like you're completely not responsible for this anymore it's me who's like holding the chloe a container for your puddle of you yeah like scooping you into a cup yes yeah i want to i want a me container is like what i really i want to like become one with my feelings receptacle and just have them contain me mm-hmm. and i don't need to be there or be in charge of anything like that's my deep like deep soul mm-hmm. uh tendency right so this is an unhealthy boundary yes that's called uh things i talk about in therapy all the time yeah. um but that was a fun anecdote about my butt to use um to close out that segment um analogy an analogy um and we did we did have a reductress article to quote about this Mm -hmm. um the use of like the um like instant infatuation with people and like using other people to deal with your problems um a lot of this is like a lot of the way that that manifested for me is like using serial dating uh, mm-hmm. as escapism and like trying to be a new person with every per like just like instantly connecting and manufacturing this version of myself that was like doing better. <laughs> um, so we have a reductress article. Do you want to do you want to read the title? for Oh, us, yeah, please? yeah, yeah. Uh, so they they uh, came for Chloe. Um, they did. I went on 10 Tinder dates in a week to see what would happen. And not because I'm trying to fill an emotional void. I think my max dates in a week was four, but that was not abnormal for me. This is only a slight exaggeration. Um, It's actually an underselling in terms of an emotional, like 
a gaping maw in my entire life and being would be more accurate than an emotional void in this case. But I did not go on 10 Tinder dates in a week. It was more like four. I was a really, I was a very much an active dater for a while there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which leads into um, our, yeah, our next topic that we're covering today is right on in there. Mm-hmm. Um, very relevant. Um, has to do with somewhat of a different definition of boundaries, but all um, along the lines of what we've been talking about. Um, do you want me to get into it, Bree, or how are you feeling? Yeah, well, all right. So we wanted to unpack how um, hookup culture prioritizes traditionally masculine qualities, such as casual sex and emotional detachment, but doesn't always make room for traditionally feminine qualities of intimacy, expectation, oh, of emotional intimacy. Right. Um, and there's an expectation of openness of the body without openness of feelings, mm-hmm. which is something that um, Chloe pointed out to me um, when I was also kind of serial dating folks. And, um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. So... Chloe pointed out to me, like, you know, in a lot of these situations, um, the casual, like, sexual intimacy is very, very normal. Um, but casual emotional intimacy, being um, open and frank about what you're feeling is very much, um, I think, stigmatized or mm-hmm. not not the norm, seen as something that should be avoided. Yeah. Um I don't know. This mm-hmm. this was particularly, I think, relevant to like our college years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because, I guess we're a yeah. little bit more settled now, both of us. Um, I've been talking a, a lot about like being, <laughs> being coupled. Yeah. Um, basically, I U-hauled with my like I, I became a lesbian with my partner. We U-hauled right like uh, we went through a lot of trials and tribulations and then we just like we were just like okay we've we've really done a lot of work we're in a healthy relationship we didn't go all in in the beginning but now we just we know that we're uh, we're mm-hmm. um we're set we're coupled mm-hmm. um so that's very different than most of my college career um but i think when i originally described this i talked about how about the difference between second wave and third wave Mm -hmm. and how like second wave feminism made it a lot made it more acceptable for women to uh present or participate in masculine qualities and how like third wave didn't really like hasn't really it hasn't really taken yet in society that feminine qualities are as valid like as valid or as valuable Mm -hmm. as masculine qualities um and of course that goes along with the um binarying right what's the adverb or the verb for that like the splitting of qualities into one gender or another but since like the way our our culture Mm -hmm. is operating is still in that format we wanted to point out um yeah. Yeah. I mean a a good caveat to this would be like it is not inherently more masculine or more feminine. Like it, it's not a, an inherent quality to masculine people or feminine people to be 
uh, more sexually engaged than emotionally engaged. It's like a social construct that we, you know, it's a pattern that we follow because of our socialization. Like nothing about this is saying that like if you are um, a woman and you are very openly sexual and not openly emotional, that that's like, um, that that's not like normal or um that that's something not appropriate for your gender obviously mm-hmm. we're very we're very anti-gender binary here mm-hmm. but it is like since it's something that's so socialized um and like permeates the way that we act mm-hmm. um and the way that we relate to each other because of socialization like it's just um I think it's important to talk about in terms of like masculine and feminine just because of the social, you know. We also feel like these things are super relevant to, um, yeah, to to queer issues as well Mm -hmm. and feel like there's a lot of times in these conversations where those things get swept under the rug or even like perpetuated worse because folks sometimes feel that they are exempt from um those like behaviors Mm -hmm. because of being queer and like rejecting those stereotypes and not always um like self-reflecting and realizing that some of this has to do with how we're socialized and that like some of those um toxic behaviors or um boundary issues that we've like discussed before like do come from (laughs) from being socialized as as male or female yeah from being gendered constantly yeah and like treated a certain way based on how you are read right um so i don't know i guess we wanted to talk about destigmatizing or unpacking a casual emotional intimacy which i don't know how would you like define that or like what would be an example of that um I think with these, you know, like it with something that deals with the binary, like trying to explain, find a concrete example of something like the existence of sexism Mm -hmm. is always so hard because you see it in so many microaggressions. And there's like whenever you find something that's like so clearly sexist, it's like just a rare gem that you can hold up and say, like, look, Mm -hmm. it's the truth. I have proof but like in reality exists in so many more subtle ways. So it's hard for me to think of like a concrete, I think like, so there are so many think pieces about hookup culture Mm -hmm. that like, I don't want it to seem like we're like, uh, we're shitting on hookup culture as like a millennial, like fucking sex and like hookup what like this uh, the the idea that this is like a millennial invention and it's a thing that only happens because of tinder and like we only do casual sex now in the 21st century this is all just like a myth that mm-hmm. like you know somebody who didn't have anything to write about today made up <laughs> on a website but um uh or like an angry baby boomer who's not having as much sex anymore i don't really know where that comes from but um like the idea basically just being that um i think it's i mean it's reflected in the interactions that i've had i i want to say it's reflected in like the media that i consume um but i just find that like 
um, it's much more common and expected for me to have like a casual hookup with somebody on a date. Um, and I've had people who really backed off um, when I you know wanted to get deep with my feelings or I wanted to talk about like it's very stigmatized to talk about like what are we like that's like that's the moment when you're supposed Mm -hmm. to run right if you're a guy like that's the that's the kind of the joke is like um if she starts asking like you know like what is this like when are we going to talk about our feelings or our relationship like Mm -hmm. even that discussion is like you better get out of there um and that, you know, that's obviously an oversimplification. That's like mm-hmm. not how we actually have relationships with each other. Like even people who are exhibiting problematic behavior, but like, like it's never that simple. Um, but I do think there's a tendency to, um, for it to be off-putting to even discuss like who has feelings and who doesn't and what people want out of things because they might not mesh. And like somebody who doesn't want commitment sees that as like, um an indicator that the other person does want commitment like even if the conversation is like neither of us end up wanting commitment like Mm -hmm. there's just it's nobody really seems to want to have that conversation because it's vulnerable and like it's hard i mean it's even hard for me to be open about the way that i feel about another person like if i don't know where they're at it's like a very self-conscious and vulnerable place to be but like even talking about your feelings about other things i feel like just be exhibiting external feelings emotional reactions like is just not as acceptable in quote-unquote hookup culture um i guess there's this like um implicit expectation of the acceptability of like um yeah like casual sex or physical intimacy and a rejection automatically of the same like I don't know if intellectually would be the right emotionally yeah being like emotionally intimate um and that's not like there should I personally would be like more comfortable if there was like a discussion and both people were like consenting to um like how things were going with mm-hmm. that um and like intimacy means different things for different people yeah. and i think there's <laughs> yeah i mean we're basically we're talking about like equivalency like yeah are you able and accepting of being as physically intimate as you are being um like mentally or emotionally intimate um and i think I mean, another good disclaimer is that sex doesn't inherently have to be intimate. Like, mm-hmm. I've had plenty of sex that was, like, <clears throat> I don't know if I want to say perfunctory, but, like, was physical and not mental and, like, did not involve, like, I guess technically it's physical intimacy. Like, sticking a somebody else's body part inside of your body part and, like, getting all your jangly bits out and, like, all this stuff. Like, that's, by some definition of the word, that is intimate. But, like like we're not saying that you that it's wrong to have emotionally disconnected sex or to have sex that's like prioritizes prioritizes being physical and like not having an emotional like all of that is fine i think it's just a matter of like on a large scale 
um are we as accepting as like individuals and as a society of you know being willing to be as emotionally vulnerable as we are physically vulnerable um like accepting that in other people um basically what we're saying is don't make assumptions and communicate with the other person yeah like this would all be really good and uh taken care of if we like could just talk really Mm -hmm. openly and that was acceptable for everybody Mm -hmm. and we could all work on that without feeling threatened that would be really good if we could like progress towards that place in our lives heck yeah everybody do the thing yeah feel good <laughs> that's, that's right really, really, yeah <laughs> we should just do our thing and feel good you yeah know? it's problem solved yeah be nice to each other wouldn't that be something oh yeah so we just wanted to leave um a few more uh, handy pieces of advice for your emotional toolkit mm-hmm. um you know take it or leave it but we wanted to do a sticky boy review just yeah. to um fill in a couple things from our last episode mm-hmm. so if you haven't um heard that maybe swing back to the last episode and right. hear what we're um what this pertains to mm-hmm. but we do we want to cover this particularly right now because um these are good if we're talking about like logistically or like recognizing things um, in terms of like physical openness versus emotional openness, like these are good questions to ask about your situation. Like if you're somebody like if you're on either side of the equation um, mm-hmm. in an in interaction with somebody. Um, so take it away, Brie. Let's read a read some questions for yourself. OK, so sticky boy review slash things toxic partners need to hear. A. Do you pursue intimacy with lovers but back off at signs of expectations slash commitment? Mm-hmm. B, do you consider yourself emotionally open just for listening to your partner's feelings without sharing your own? Mm-hmm. C, if you've had a series of unstable slash toxic relationships, what are the patterns? D, if partners are coming to you with concerns, do you defend yourself or listen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, I don't think we need to get super deep into this right now. Um, like Bree said, we covered a lot of this stuff in um, Sticky Boy Part One and Two in our first episode, um, like ways of dealing with a sticky boy. But just generally, even like um, even if you're dealing with a fuck boy, even mm-hmm. you know, even if you're in a currently healthy relationship, like. It's always good to examine um, mm-hmm. whether you're sharing equally in any like category of interaction um, and like where your intimacy is at and like, you know. Um, Encounters with sticky boys are what brought us to these realizations. Right. But we think that they could apply to other folks and we wanted mm-hmm. to just share some things we've learned. Yeah. Um, good things to ask yourself and your partners mm-hmm. um, though maybe don't come to them and say are you backing off at signs of expectation or commitment <laughs> it's you know work it into the conversation um, we'll leave it to you to you know develop that into more fully fleshed out mm-hmm. and less accusatory conversation yes um, so, so as always if you have any feedback to give us or any further questions you can contact us anonymously Mm-hmm. Um, and we will address anything you might have to say or share mm-hmm. on the air. Yeah, even if you want to send us a Facebook message on the page and 
um, don't want us to mention you by name, mm-hmm. um, that's totally fine. Everything is good. Um, we can tell you that we're really nice and trustworthy people. Uh, it's up to you to decide if you want to believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, I guess we'll end on things I learned in therapy, Facebook, also on mm-hmm. Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, we broadcast, uh, the last Wednesday of every month. Mm-hmm. And um, our music was provided by Pat Hoffsummer, who mm-hmm. you can check out um, at PH Summer um, on Basecamp. Basecamp. <laughs> fuck, that's what I use for work. We're at Brick right now. I got right to the end, and then I made a mistake. Bandcamp. I did this Shout yesterday. Shout out to Brick. Shout out to Brick again. Public access. Yep. Check it out. B-R-I-C. Um so I think that's that's all we have to share with you for today. We're going to be back on the airwaves with um, some more talk about power dynamics later on mm-hmm. um, in our next episode. Dealing with feelings, dealing more with feelings. big gay emotions. Um, yep. Use the hashtag gay mystery um, <laughs> if you're feeling that. We're trying to get it going. Uh-huh. Um, so check out that tag um, for kooky spooky feeling double cookie yeah um and um we cannot wait to talk to you again yeah yeah we're just we're right we're ready to be fresh off the sesh again and ready to share with you that's right Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of therapy between here and our next recording Mm -hmm. so stay tuned for our new insights new realizations about ourselves develop personal development development um emotional experiences all sorts of things yeah some goodies for you yeah. guys in your ears in the future. All right. It's uh it's Clee signing off for today. Blowy signing off. Yep. All right. Thanks folks. Bye. 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 <laughs>